Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Deeper Podcast. And today we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapters 21 through 25. And we've got two more podcasts after this in the book of Deuteronomy. And then we will be done with the first five books of the Bible the Pentateuch. And so let's just jump into today. There's a lot to talk about. There's really a lot to go over that that we're not going to be able to get to today. Uh, There's a lot of miscellaneous laws, a lot of, uh, you know, specifics that that this, uh, these chapters talk about. And so uh, we'll just start off with the first nine verses. And the this passage of scripture is one that you look at and you think, why? What good does killing a cow in a field that that you found a crime scene in actually do? And this is one of those moments that we need to take a we need to take a step back and realize that things back then were not like they are today. They didn't have things like forensic science and you know when an investigation hit a dead end without direct revelation from God, a murderer is going to get away with it. So this sacrifice wasn't necessarily to clear the criminal's name. It was more so to atone for the sins of the community and to rid the land of the pollution that murder brought. And when I say that word pollution, let's look back at Numbers chapter 35 verse 33, which says murder pollutes the land and no sacrifice except the execution of the murderer can purify the land from the murder. Now, if the murderers unknown are not there, then the land would therefore stay polluted. So this is God's grace here, giving the people a way to purify their land, to purify the community, um, you know, without, uh, they wouldn't have anything else to do. So the animal sacrifice here is sacrificed in place of the unknown criminal. It benefits the community where the murder took place, but not, again, not necessarily the murderer because we know that God has the final authority. So this isn't a good way to get away with murder and be okay in God's eyes because, hey, they're going to sacrifice a cow. So I'm going to take this person that I don't like out to a field where no one's at. I'm going to kill him and then I'm going to get away with it. That, that's not at all what's going on here. The the sacrifice, the animal sacrifice purifies the land and the community. It, it, it uh, takes away the guilt from the people but not necessarily the person. That person would still face judgment from God, which is way worse than facing judgment from a community, even if it means um, execution, if it's like capital punishment. So, you know, if we've learned anything from the Bible so far, it's that God is a God of justice. And when a wrong is committed, it is to be made right. And there is this here, what we just read is God's grace in action. Um, that, that they are able to do this. So kind of moving on, uh, we'll look at the next next four verses here and uh, verses 10 through 14 and it says this group of verses, uh, it's it's not referring to the promised land. It's talking about war and battles that are distant and the marriage of an Israelite man to a foreign unmarried woman who is captured during a time of war. Again, this is not the Canaanites. This is not people who live in the promised land. There's different, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about that. There's a different precedence for that. But because of these rules, it wouldn't be permitted for an Israelite man to rape a woman. Um, and it would also give time for the woman to adjust to her new circumstances. The woman would have to shave her head and to trim her nails and to change the clothes that she was wearing when she was captured. And what this is, is symbolic of her ridding or casting off her old life and initiated this woman into the Israelite family. 
Uh, verse 14 protects the woman from being sold or treated as a slave. And if a man is not pleased with her, she is to be let free because she's been humiliated. So, again, very different. Um, but this set Israel apart from other societies in that area. Um, so, anyway, moving on. Chapter, uh, I'm sorry, verse 15 through 17. Um, you know, when you read this part, sometimes people here will incorrectly interpret this passage and say that the Bible endorses polygamy. But this is not an endorsement of polygamy. This is a polygamy is a practice that was condoned by society, and so it's addressed in the text. And these verses addressed issues that are riddled throughout the Old Testament. Uh, looking all the way back through the patriarchs, and we see that many instances where po- a polygamous relationship caused tension, uh, and that led to a lot of societal problems. And in this podcast, we've gone over a bunch of those. Uh, this law gives uh, firstborn rights to the firstborn son, a double portion, and it's regardless of who the son's mother is uh, or their father's preferences for that son's mom. And so, Let's jump ahead to the final few verses in chapter 21. And it says, If someone has committed a crime worthy of death and is executed and hung on a tree, the body must not remain hanging from the tree overnight. You must bury the body that same day. For anyone who is hung on a tree is cursed in the sight of God. In this way, you will prevent the defilement of the land from the Lord your God is giving you as your, as your special possession. And you can't help but read this uh, from our vantage point. And think of Jesus' execution on the cross. You know, the cross was made out of wood and, you know, by text uh, would, would count as a tree. And so, you know, in fact, Paul in Galatians chapter 3.23 references this verse. And it says, But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoings. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is anyone who is hung on a tree. So the person having been executed in this manner is under God's curse. And more exposure to this graphic scene would desecrate the land. Not necessarily because the body would be like rotting or anything like that. It was because of the reminder of the sin that was committed and the punishment that was executed on the person. And so... That's why these laws exist. And so as we continue throughout today's reading, we encounter a lot of questions. And truthfully, we can spend hours and hours and hours going over each and every one of these laws and why they're there and and um, how they're different from today's laws. And, you know, we see regulation on sexual purity, rebellion, worship, and other regulations. But this is God's way of... of uh, sharing his expectations of how people are to live. And so I hope you enjoyed today's reading. A lot of it's very informational. A lot of it's very different from how we live today. So it's interesting to see how God, uh, what God required of his people. So I hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts and getting a lot out of them. Um, Before we close today's podcast, let me say a prayer with you. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word, God. I thank you, God, that you are a God of justice, a God who loves us and a God who cares for us, Lord. And Father, we pursue to live uh, right under your eyes, God. And Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice that was on that cross, Lord. Because of his sacrifice, we're made right in your eyes. Justice was served, Father. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your grace that is shown time and time again throughout the Old Testament, throughout these laws that we have 
have looked at, God, you have given us a way. You've given us grace, God. And Father, we thank you for that, and we worship you, Lord. And it's by your Son's name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, guys, I hope you have an awesome rest of your day, and I will see you next time.